0: Here's what's coming up on this week's show.
1: But every time that I've worked with these people, they now have flourishing businesses out there. So yes, if you're there, if you have a desire, no, no ideas or too many ideas, you still can do this. <laughs> the beat.
0: Welcome to The Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big.
2: Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to The Big Little Business Show, or should I say... Welcome until this story, Lily Forentis. I don't know whether I've got that. I've probably not got that right.
3: What on earth was it's that? It's
2: Norwegian for "Welcome to the Big Little Business Show."
3: Is it? <laughs> I can't believe you've even attempted that. No,
2: nor can I. I mean, the last word is like—I guess the la- its one word for business show, which is "forening". <laughs> Shall I have no idea what it is. Uh, I-, I wanted to have a go at doing it in Norwegian because uh, we we're-, were very popular in Norway.
3: We are, I know.
2: We're in the top ten for marketing podcasts in Norway. So if you listen to us right now in Norway, apologies for the accent, but thanks for joining us. And uh, Uzbekistan as well. Yeah,
3: I know, I know. So go on then, where's the next attempt then? Oh,
2: I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even look it okay. up, I'm sorry. <laughs>
3: Google Translate, we're on our way. <laughs> very, very
2: happy to say that we are uh, doing really, really well in Norway, amongst other countries like Canada and the US. And I think it's just worth saying again, and I know we said it before, Thank you to everyone who's listening and thank you to everyone who's supported us. I can't believe seven months in, we're being listened to in all these countries. And it makes me think, this is something I know you and I were talking about the other day, Claire, about how small the world has become since COVID.
3: Oh, absolutely. Um, it's, it's astonishing, really, to think how quickly you can expand your, your business and your audience across the globe through the technology that we have. So um, sometimes I do find myself thinking, I wonder what would happen if we didn't have this, Um, and if we didn't have the technology at our fingertips, but it just goes to show. Um, oh, how many countries is it at the moment?
2: Uh, 26, 27, something like that. I haven't looked over the last uh, couple of weeks, but I know it's sort of in the high 20s there somewhere listening to us right now. Because I guess when you're talking about business as well, although there must be some commonality, there's also, so I'm very aware that there are some things that perhaps we talk about that happen in the UK that might not happen in other countries. So I'm really pleased that people in other countries are getting some worth from uh, what we're talking about from the guests we have on. Yeah,
3: no, absolutely.
2: And this year already, Claire, we've had a guest on from Essex, a guest on from Australia and um, today we've got a guest on from Canada, haven't we? So what's our subject today?
3: So our subject is how to build a business from scratch.
2: Yeah, I think it's a really important subject that, Claire, and one we haven't delved into before and especially right now because... In the last year, in 2020, more businesses started up in 2020 than they did in 2019. That's amazing, isn't it?
3: Um, It shows, doesn't it? It shows the movement of the business world and actually what is really happening out there.
2: And in this new year, I guess people are now starting to think maybe they've got changing circumstances and they're thinking about starting their own business. So let's go right back to basics. And we've got a great guest on with a great name, haven't we?
3: Brilliant name. Yes, we're speaking to Sandra Francisco. So Sandra is um, a business coach, and what Sandra does is she helps people start up businesses by identifying exactly um, what is important to them and how they can do this effectively and coaching and supporting businesses to, yeah, hit the ground running and become very, very successful.
0: This is the Big Little Business Show.
3: So if I can ask you, Sandra, um, how important do you feel it is to have previous business experience?
1: when starting a business. So in my experience of you know eleven years now working with clients, I have not seen that being a, a priority or a need. Uh, I think that what you need is to make sure that you have an authentic desire. It's something you really want, and it's not you're not being pressured into it. Nobody's making you do it. If it is really an alive idea that sits within within you, then that's the first thing you need. I do have a background in business. That's what I studied in university, and I can tell you that I've probably applied less than 10% of my textbook knowledge in building my business.
2: Oh, really? That's an interesting thing to say. The subject, starting a business from scratch, that's like a huge topic and there are so many places we can go but I think we'd like to start right at the very very beginning and I guess the first step Sandra is to find out if your idea is something that you can turn into a business really isn't it?
1: Yes for sure take some time there sometimes there's the need or you know the pressure to just go really fast and I just want to launch or I want to you know quit my job and I just want to start a business if you just have some patience which I know with humans we're not that great at that. (laughs) What are you saying? I know maybe i just talking about myself I don't know but <laughs> not, not good at that, uh, but if you take a little bit of time and and by a little bit of time I say you know even a few months and sit with the ideas and explore them a little bit, do some number crunching as well. What is the profit potential of these ideas? And I know it is estimates. You're you don't always have all the numbers at this stage, but an estimate is better than not doing it at all. As well as looking at you know the lifestyle that you want to create or that you have, and what are you willing to commit to? What are you willing to compromise? Not compromise. Is there going to be a market uptake? Is there a need for this for product or service that you're looking to create? What's the target market? So spending a little bit of time, you know, I all of my clients I see, you know, that are successful have spent a few months in that explore stage. It will pay off for you. Many, many times over.
2: When you get an idea in your head, and I'm I'm the world's worst at this, I think Claire's a bit more meticulous than I am. Yep. But if I get an idea in my head, I just want to roll with it there and then. I know you're so right, Sandra, but I know that I would be the first person who'd be like, oh I've gotta get this out, I've gotta tell the world, it's so exciting. Yes.
1: I work with a lot of creative entrepreneurs and that's exactly where we pick up, where they're like, Okay, I'm just gonna go with this, and this is a great idea. And I'm like, okay, let's just ask a few questions, let's do a couple of exercises and then and I let the answers to the research that they're doing, or questions that they're answering, give them that that next piece of the, of the puzzle. Where they're like, "Oh, right, I I don't have that yet." Okay. I got to do some work. And you mentioned before as well about having that desire to want to do it
3: um, in the first place. So I guess, you know, having that fire in your belly and having that passion to want to do it and just run with it is is, is great. But then it still needs to be balanced by, um, you know, a little bit of planning and maybe reflecting and thinking about, like you said, about the number crunching and actually, you know, what can your business potentially be worth? To start off with. So, um, what would you say to somebody who's looking to start a business and who's not sure what type of business to start? You know, would you say to lean towards maybe what they enjoy doing or maybe
1: go with the numbers what would you what would you say to them there's actually I created a free course to help people with this because I find that there is a lot of people that have a desire and don't necessarily have that idea and it's not comfortable it's not fun to sit in a place of indecision i would say start with listing your experiences your skills your talents and often you may only have a few because it's all that comes to mind ask the people you trust The same thing, the questions, what do you think are my skills, my experience, my talents? Make a list. I make my clients do at least 50 on the list before we go and go to the next level. Because you'll see that there's probably things in there you haven't thought of. Now, yes, you probably, if you have that desire, you most likely have a passion, something that you're hoping to turn into a business. And sometimes that's viable. There's a market uptake. There's a need. There's something you could do with that. And sometimes there just isn't. Or, you know, when you run the profit potential, you realize that it's not even worth your time, or you realize that you know you can't get your goals met. But if you spend a little bit of time figuring out all the options you have on the table, what could be something that you could do that has a higher profit potential that you should still like? I mean, you know, if you're looking to start a business, please don't start with something you hate. That would not be fun.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awful. Yes. I've always thought that if someone and it's always happened with me, when I've always started a business, I've always started with an idea or something that I want to bring to market. But actually, you're saying- there are quite a lot of people who say they want to start a business but they've no idea what they want to do
1: yeah and that surprised me as well you know three years ago i didn't really work with a lot of new entrepreneurs that started to show up for me uh organically where people were coming you know, for help and they were at the early stages, but it, I started to see year after year that people were just more and more wanting to do something and just wanting to, they, they would say to me, I know I'm meant for more. I don't want to be here for the rest of my life. I don't buy into work and then retire. I want to create something for myself. And and sometimes they would say, have these three or four or five ideas. And sometimes they would say, I, I'm afraid maybe it's just not for me because I can't think of anything. But every time that I've worked with these people, they now have flourishing businesses out there. So yes, if you're there, if you have a desire, no, no ideas, or too many ideas, you still can do this.
2: Claire's got a question about research. In fact, we've both got a question about research, because you touched on it a little bit earlier on about the importance to just take a breath when you've got an idea, or take a breath when you want to start a business and think, right, I need to work out whether this is actually going to work as a business or not. And as a marketer, which is uh, the world I live in uh, we talk a lot about finding your audience and finding understanding your audience and I guess that plays into the research that you would need to do at the very beginning Uh, and Claire you've got a good question about your places to go as well haven't you?
3: Yeah I'm just thinking it's a minefield out there of information so is there any particular um, sources
1: that you would recommend to businesses who are looking to start up any good places to go? Yeah so actually in, in my group coaching last night there was this question came up even in someone that's in the explore phase and that's starting a business and we went actually the whole group brought in a ton of ideas so it's like fresh in my mind. Um, the You know you really want to do your target market research that's the main thing you want to focus on and who are you going to be serving you know what are these people's characteristics both demographics but also you know the psychology of these people what are they wanting what are their desires you know what do they believe you know what's really going to turn them on. One uh, one, uh, that I've had success with as well, and a lot of people in my group mentioned last night is um, groups, whether it's Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups that are targeted. If you're in fitness, if you know you're starting a business, whatever it is, like search for the group that you're looking for people with that main characteristic. It
2: doesn't have to be broad either, Sandra, does it? I mean, there are some really sort of n- real sort of niche groups out there on Facebook. You can find a Facebook group for absolutely anything if you like, sort of tobogganing down a hill on a baking tray or something. There's probably a Facebook group for that, I'm guessing. There
1: probably is. I should Google that after this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that now.
1: <laughs> yes. So that's a great place to start. So ask your questions in there. You know, ask what you're thinking. Would you would you value this? Would you value that? Like, Because you want to see the perceived value of what you're thinking of providing. And then ask your questions, comment on other people, make some connections. That's a place that I, I've, you know, a lot of people in my program have come from Facebook groups. So I would definitely recommend that. Uh, LinkedIn groups as well you have that platform that's uh, you know equally as great Um, as well depending on the size of the research that you're doing there are a lot of survey companies like Survey Monkey but there's others that you can actually ask some targeted questions you can go to some of these companies and actually put in your survey questions and they'll send it out to a mass list depending on you know what you're willing to pay at that level or you can actually do that without paying you can create your list of questions and you can go to your connections and ask people that have lists and say could and and they would have to be in your target market but ask them could you send this out to your list I'm looking to survey this so that's I've had clients do that and had success with that but you are the best research you can do at the early stages is actually real people giving you real feedback yes Google away it's beautiful gift of Google and you know find secondary research secondary sources and you can find tons of media but but never just go with secondary research. Make sure you've done primary research on the people you're looking for and what do they really want. Yeah, that's
3: that's that's really important and it's much more powerful, isn't it, to speak to people who have experienced it, um, experienced it before as well. So yeah, totally agree with that one. Um, so in terms of, you mentioned about paying for things and not paying for things. Now I'm sure this is a question in a lot of people's minds. Um, would you say there's a certain amount, amount of money needed to start a business to invest into a new business?
1: It, it, that is so dependent on what the business it is that you're starting. Like, for example, if you are starting like I did when I left corporate uh, 11 years ago and I started my consulting business, I didn't really need a lot of investment because I just took my top skills, which is marketing and launching products, businesses and services. And I just marketed that to referrals to people that I knew in the industry and away I went. Right. So there was not a lot of um, you know uptake of money to get started at that level. But I definitely have clients that, yes, needed quite a bit of money because their product needed a lot of technology, a lot of development. So it will depend on your idea. So I will say when you go back to the explore phase and you're exploring your idea, that's something you want to look into as well. In looking at the profit potential, you can only get profit if you look at the expenses. So you would be looking at, okay, so this is my idea. What is the estimate of what that's going to cost? And, and then you also get your potential revenues and the profit. And then you'd be able to see, well, is it feasible? Do I have you know, the kind of money that I need to get to get going with this idea that doesn't mean you're not an entrepreneur or a business owner it may mean that you need to go with another idea first to build the money for that up for your second idea it, it just depends on you know what do you have available. Can you build a business and make money, make a profit with very little or no money to get started? Yes, that's been my experience, and I've seen that many times. It just depends on that idea that you pick to start.
2: And I guess it's worth mentioning at this point. I mean, I don't know what the situation's like in Canada now, but obviously we're talking in the middle of COVID right now, and I know there is financial support and lots of different ways you can get some support to help you start a business. Because in the last year in the UK, Sandra, there were more businesses opening uh, in 2020 than there were in by quite 2020, uh, 2019 rather, by quite a large amount. And I know there's some financial help out there. I'm guessing it's a similar sort of situation in Canada and probably in the US where I know we have an audience too.
1: Yeah, I've seen that for sure. I can say in Canada, I definitely have seen that there is more assistance available and people also have more time now because a lot of them aren't commuting to work. That's a good sometimes two more hours a day that they have the time to research something and, and get in exploring and building something that they have wanted to do for a long time uh what about training um sandra is there any particular training that you feel would really help people you know get off the block quickly yes so it, again it depends on what is the you know idea where, what is it that they're trying to build but i would say get specific if you're going to do training uh, rather than you know broad training or high-level training that doesn't really speak to what it is you're trying to do. If you're trying to build a business online, for example, which, hey, let's face it, who isn't anymore? (laughs) It is the new world, right?
2: I think we all live there.
1: (laughs) Right, right. So you may want, if, if it's brand new to you, if it's not, you're not familiar with social media, you're not familiar with marketing online. But again, I will say that sometimes you get too stuck in the training and you think, oh, I need to go get certified in this or I need to be, you know, an expert in this. So I'm going to take a ton of courses in this area. And I haven't seen that to be the greatest success. I mean, for me, when coaching came to me as a love, my, you know, intellectual uh, headspace said, got to go get certified. You know, it's just the first thing that came to my mind. And I did. And I got, I went and got my certification. I've never had any of my clients ask me for that. I've never used any of those skills in my coaching, but yet, yes, I, I, I spent, you know, over a year doing that because I felt like I had to. So I I would say don't get too caught up on needing to be an expert or needing a business degree, but get more micro in specific skills you need.
2: Now, something else I want to ask about, which I think is something that a lot of people skip. Is this the importance of finding the right name for your business? And that takes a bit of research, doesn't it?
1: It does. And um, finding the right name is important. You want to be able to be confident that you're going to uh, be able to communicate that with confidence and with value. So it does have to have, you know, a meaning for you. So you're excited when you talk about it so that you're already igniting it to start. And then it will take the time for other people to come in and buy into it and realize, oh, yes, I associate your name with this either, you know, hopefully you're looking at all the positives the quality you know the example service the amazing things that you're providing for them that will come in the in the doing one thing I do want to say when it comes to this is the name usually comes with the logo I have never seen that make any kind of real difference for a small business yes I know we use the the examples of a Nike and we think oh but we all recognize Nike logo everywhere we go but you know that's billions of dollars that have been spent to make us recognize that um, this is why I'm, I'm just going to put a you Know, uh, a plead out there please do not spend a ton of money and a ton of time coming out with the perfect logo that will not make or break your business
2: oh no that's very very true it's not about the logo it's about but i tell you something that perhaps might be worth considering though is doing a little bit of googling to make no make sure nobody else has got that name that you're thinking of
1: and definitely you're going to need a dot com so you're going to have to figure that out
2: right i guess Sandrafrancisco.com is available or was available until you got it
1: no i'm actually sandra i francisco because you wouldn't believe how popular the Sandra Francisco name is. (laughs) No, really. (laughs) It's such a brilliant name.
2: It is a great name, very memorable. It's a shame you couldn't buy the .com, (laughs) really.
1: No, it's Sandra I, Francisco I, is for my middle name, Isabel. But yes, no, Sandra, especially I think I see like a a lot of, uh, especially on Facebook, it seems to be in South America, actually, an incredibly popular name. So we've talked about a few things uh, that people can
3: be thinking about. Um, And I'm just thinking back to uh, the guest we had on the show John Lamerton, uh, who talked about how to plan for success. So do you think it's important now that people have maybe two plans, maybe a launch plan and then a long-term business plan as well how important do you think that
1: is when you're starting I definitely think it is very important to have plans I do work with a lot of creative entrepreneurs and sometimes it's like they they tell me they feed back to me that they're like yes 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 I'm doing my plan because they hear me harping on it all the time I actually created a really simple one-page plan because I got so much pushback from creative entrepreneurs to even sit down and plan if you are starting your business and you need investment money like you need a loan or you need you know to get investors to buy into it you're gonna to need to create a formal business plan, and that will take time and that will require you know a lot of different statistics and numbers, and a lot of that. If you do not need that, you still should have a basic plan because that's going to be your guide as you go forward. So, I actually created something that I call the purpose based plan, and it's really simple. It is really uh, you know, you can just create it in an Excel sheet, it's three columns outcomes, why and actions. First, you list all your outcomes. What is it? Goals, outcomes. What are you trying to create in your business in your first year? It's. They sh- I really like to keep it to one year plan. What is the outcome you're looking for? Then you answer the question of like, why? Why do you want that outcome? What's the purpose? What is it going to do for you, for your clients, for your market, for your community? And then, you know, if you pass the why and you have enough fuel, then list all the actions that it's going to take to make that come to reality. And when I go through these with my clients, I focus a lot of time in the why, because if you don't have a strong purpose for what it is you're trying to do, then that will definitely, it it leaves the the, the gas tank empty. You're not going to have enough fuel to actually want to create that. And if already you're empty and you're just at the planning stage that's not a good place to be so sometimes it's just a matter of changing that outcome changing the wording on it or sometimes we cross it out because you don't really want that what do you really want what are you trying to create And then get the purpose and then detail your actions. And don't leave the actions on the plan. Take those actions and make sure that they're going to be in your reminders, in your schedule, in your notes, so that they're not just in a plan you put in your desk. Like it's a plan that you're going to actually activate and work on as you build your business.
2: And I guess having extra help from someone, even just sitting down with your, your partner or a family friend or someone or anyone and just saying, look, this is my idea and just sort of just sort of brainstorming it with someone and getting a different perspective on the same idea can be a massive help too, really, can't it?
1: Always, but I always say, make sure it's somebody that you trust. Uh, you know, don't go to that colleague at work that you already know is very jealous of you and ask them to help you pick your idea.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they might buy that that.com. On before you do I guess yes. <laughs> uh, on that sort of subject let's just say for instance I know we're skipping forward a little bit here now let's just say we get to the point where uh, you've got your finance in place uh, you've got your experts in place you've got a name you've bought your uh, you bought your domain and you're happy with the name of the business and you kind of you're at that point now where you're almost on the edge of the cliff and you're ready to go before you press go would it be a good idea do you think to maybe do some uh, what they call now beta testing where you sort of test the whole product on maybe maybe? maybe some friends or family or just a select few people before you, Open the doors.
1: I have to say a hundred percent, and I will say this is from my background in technology and building technical products. We never bring anything to market without beta testing. I have never brought any of my products to market without beta testing. When I launched my group coaching program last year, I spent the first four months with beta students. So I'm a huge believer in it, and I've seen the evidence of how much you get from beta testing. And yes, it, sometimes it can cost you money, and sometimes it can cost you definitely for sure time but then what you learn and how you are much better to serve your future clients is priceless so absolutely even if you do a little bit of that so if you've got it and this happened and I've had clients and students in my program that always say to me that, yeah, but I don't even know anybody like I'm building, you know, this particular product or, and you know, I'm the only one in my circle that believes in this, especially health and wellness. Sometimes they'll say, you know, nobody really believes that you need this or that this is important. Who am I even going to ask? And yes, I've asked them to go to Facebook groups and they have had success there. And I say, even if you find five people, Just start with five. And then, you know, when you get one of those five to test out your product or your service, and then you ask them, do you know somebody that's like you that I could talk to that could test out my product or service? And those five turn into 15, turn into 30. And I've seen it over and over and over. So even if you can only think of five, do it.
2: It could almost become a little bit of an organic process. So uh, the beta testing could almost evolve into the full-blown business just by saying, oh, do you know someone else who might yes. like this? And then yes. off it goes.
3: It's like a referral strategy right there, really, not it? Exactly. Oh,
2: yeah, this is good. I like the way this is going. That's great. I've never really thought about beta testing in any real sense like that before. And it's kind of a phrase that's come up time and time again on my radar more recently. I mean I didn't do that when I started my business, did you, Claire? No. And we just we just kind of held on and went for it. But I mean I mean I guess you could hold on and go for it and be okay. It's almost like learning to ride a bike with the stabilizers on before you go two wheels, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Yes, that's a great example. I love that. And yeah, of course you can do it without it. I mean, you know, one thing I will say about business, there is no absolute right and no absolute wrong. You know, you do it your way, you're going to learn. You're always going to learn. If it's a mistake, okay, then it's a mistake. Take it again. Try it again. So there's an, I do not believe in, you must do this, you must do that. But I have found through many years of experience that beta testing is a huge advantage.
2: Can I just point out that when you were a kid did you so want to get those wheels off didn't you
1: i didn't actually have the wheels so i grew up in portugal and we you know in a farm so there wasn't all of these careful things like i mean my knees are you know still to this day they jiggle and like they have rocks in them oh still for the number of times that i fell but i did never had training wheels
2: <laughs> oh, so you never did any beta testing on your bike
1: no <laughs> so
3: um the challenges that people uh, may face with the business um in your experience and sandra what do you think are the main hurdles uh, that can happen to people when they start a business from scratch?
1: So I'm going to say these are not necessarily a business issues. It's the psychology of the human that's doing the business that I've seen the biggest hurdles. And one of the common things is the confidence and the idea that there's something wrong with them when they don't feel fully confident to present their product to sell the product or their service and the confidence isn't there and then a lot of times they tend to give up because they feel like well I'm not an entrepreneur I'm not a business owner I can't even figure out how to sell this I don't even feel confident that I can whereas if they stuck with it for a little bit of time and they were in the right community of people they would know that absolutely everybody that starts a business goes through that and it's not even just at the start i work with clients that have been in business for decades and then they're going to a next level like they're launching a global launch. They're right back to wondering if they can do it. Will it work? Can I do it? The only difference is they have enough evidence so they feel the feelings and they keep going. So I would say the number one thing that I think takes a lot of people out in the early stages, if they don't have a community, if they don't have help, if they don't have people that tell them, yeah, that's normal, you know, confidence doesn't come from thinking, it comes from doing. So I I have to say that's the number one thing that can take people out.
2: Yeah, it's that P word, isn't it? Procrastination. Yeah. And again, this is back to something that a lot of people have mentioned on our show, haven't they, Claire? Mm -hmm. While all this stuff is important that you're talking about, and and you need to sort of hold on to the reins for a little bit and do a little bit of research and find out if all this is going to work. At the same time, you could spend years doing this and get nowhere, couldn't you? So you really do have to almost do it but not do it i don't know i don't know what i'm trying to say here but you can you, you get what i'm where i'm coming from can't you
1: yeah you got to get out of the explore phase at some point yes mm. <laughs> Yes, actually, uh, one of my students, she spent probably around four or five months in the explore phase and she explored multiple businesses. She is a, you know, an energy bunny. I always say, I mean, she's, you know, sleeps between 4 a.m. and 8 a.m. and that's it. And she's she goes and goes. So she was actually exploring about five or six businesses at the same time. And and she went through that explore phase about four or five months. And then she moved into the development phase on focused on two businesses because I could not get her to focus on one. Uh, But it did take her that amount of time to focus. But then it came to a point where you know we had a very serious conversation of like, do you wish to profit at some point here, or do you just wish to keep exploring? And she's like, I can't afford to keep exploring. Okay, then we got to act now and we got to move into profit. So, say somebody's put all these all these things into place here and
3: uh, they've um, you know implemented some new ideas. Um, should they get to a point where they feel completely overwhelmed? It's because it's new, isn't it? It's new skills, it's new knowledge. They're stepping outside their comfort zones over and over again, and they get that sense of
1: overwhelmment. What would you suggest to them? First, um, be loving and kind to yourself. That it's okay. It's normal. You know, every every human gets overwhelmed. Certainly, every business owner. So that's the first thing. Rather than resisting that emotion and feeling that there's something wrong with it, it's okay. It's perfectly normal. Then the next thing is a couple of things. There is yes, the the psychology part of it, but there's also that. Let's make a list of everything that you've got going on and prioritize because often the overwhelm is coming from most of the time. It's coming from what you're thinking about. What you need to do not about what you're actually doing and i haven't often seen people be overwhelmed because they actually have a 12 16 hour day that they're actively working on and they finish everything that day they're overwhelmed because they're thinking will i get it done next week will i get all of this done next month so put it on paper make a realistic schedule put your schedule in in wherever if you're your paper still person or if you're going to be doing it you know in your calendar have reminders, have the tools that are available so that you can actually, you know, that it will help you to prevent this overwhelm. And there's tons of new tools now that a lot of them are even free, that project management tools, you know, scheduling tools that will help you to stay on track. But most of the time, that overwhelm is coming from what you're thinking about, what you need to do, not even what you're doing.
2: Before we go to the point in the uh, show where we start asking the really important questions. I think it might be good because we've covered a lot of ground here, Sandra. We've, we've talked about a lot of different topics. Let, let's just go, maybe just go right the way back to the beginning before we finish off. And could you give us maybe the first three things, really simple, the first three things that you think people should do, uh, whether they've got an idea or not, but they're thinking, oh, I really need to start a business this year.
1: The first three things they can do. First, I would say, focus on your target market. Who? Which is answering the question, who? Who are you going to serve? Uh, Demographics as well as psychographics. So yes, demographics we hear a lot about, but don't forget about the psychographics. You know, what is their desires? What are they wanting? You know, what is it that's going to make their life better? Or what is it that they're trying to get away from that they want relief from? So the very first thing always is make sure you have some time to understand your audience. Who are these people? The next thing is answer the why. Why? Why do you want to do this? What's the impact you want to have? The impact you want to have on your life, on your family, on your clients, on your community, on, you know, vendors, employees, the people you're going to work with. What is it that, you know, why is it that you want to do this? Very important. This is what I call the fuel. This is what you'll need as you build your business. And, and then the third thing is the plan. So I will come back to saying, you know, whether if you're a planning person, you can go crazy and do a 20 page plan. That's amazing. But if you are creative and you're thinking, oh, who needs a plan? I'm just going to go ahead. Just do a one page plan. And just, you know, like what I do with clients is just. Write out your outcomes, write out out why you want that outcome, and then make a list of the actions it's going to take to make that come to life. If you just start off with those three things, you'll have clarity, you'll have direction, and then you're going to run into challenges. It's going to be ups and downs. I mean, it is like that in your life already, and business is no different. And this is an extra bonus that I will say is reach out and find a community. Find community of people that are in that you know, early stages of business and maybe some that are more advanced so you can have different perspectives. But don't sit by yourself, you know, isolated where all your friends have jobs, all your family have jobs and nobody's going to understand you or help you. Make sure you do find community.
2: And I wonder if it might be useful, uh, Sandra, uh, if there's a company near you that works in a similar field or uh, already runs a business that kind of is kind of similar in some way to uh, what you want to do. I mean, uh, business owners would be more than happy to sort of help you and give you some advice, even if you might feel they're a competitor. Um, that's kind of the world's changed a bit now. They're not yet. You know, there's not that angry competition like they used to be, is there?
1: No, I, I mean, I ask all the time. I mean, that's the greatest thing is I meet people that are exactly in my industry serving the same clients that I serve. And I ask, there's nothing wrong with asking. What are they going to say? They can say, no, that's fine. They're like, "Uh, no, I don't want to help you. Great. Okay. Ask somebody else. Next. So uh,
3: what we like to do is at the end of every interview, uh, we ask a set of questions that are completely unrelated to business and they're inspired by the US show Inside the Actors
1: Studio. Okay, what about your favourite uh, biscuit, Sandra? So anything that has dark chocolate and mint is amazing. But a wafer with dark cho- dark chocolate and mint, like you got, me, you can pay me in those. That sounds really <laughs> lovely.
2: <laughs> does that is that even a thing? Does that exist?
1: It it comes from Switzerland, the ones that I like, but it does exist.
2: Let's work this through. So it's dark chocolate wafer. And so peppermint chocolate.
1: Yeah, it's got a mint, a mint flavoring, yes, but it's like a wafer.
2: Oh, this sounds amazing. Oh,
1: my gosh, my mouth is watering. <laughs> <my> <laughs> so
2: get me some of those now. Uh, dark chocolate is definitely my thing, and the darker the better, but chocolate mint, I mean, that just blows me right over the, into the stratosphere. And then you are got to put wafer in as well. You're killing me.
1: <laughs> I know, I know, that's what I said. I'm like, yeah, just pay me in those.
2: <laughs> okay, now, this is one of the new questions we put in this year, so, and it's an interesting one because it does sometimes throw up some sort of supplemental questions. Dead or alive, who would be your ideal dinner date?
1: So this is such an easy question for me. Uh, Hands down, it's Byron Katie. She's an author. I've read every book that she's ever published. She's, um, I don't know how you would classify her. I just honestly love that she has a message of love. Everything comes back to love. If you, you know, just go on Google and YouTube, you'll see tons of videos with her. She offers everybody in her presence just peace and love and understanding and compassion. And I have her book on audio, actually, because I just love to listen to her voice. So I would love to sit down with her. I don't know if I would even ask a question. I think I would just sit in the presence.
2: Sit there and eat some peppermint chocolates Mm. and just listen to her. Just listen.
1: Yeah, oh my God, combine (laughs) those two. Now you're making me dream.
2: (laughs) I think we've sent her over the edge there, Claire. (laughs) Uh, Okay, final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates?
1: Oh, that's a beautiful question. I think simply, welcome home, you are loved, all is well. Oh, that was really lovely.
2: So we're all done here and thank you very, very much for, it seems like we've we've got an awful lot of information through Mm. in a very short space of time, Claire, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, thank you very much, Sandra, that's fantastic. You're very
1: welcome, it was my pleasure.
2: So if people want to find out about you and find out about what you do, so... Give us a little bit of a plug. Uh, let us know uh, how you operate and how people can get in touch with you if they want to find out a bit more. I know you mentioned about uh, uh, something uh, like a free sort of course that you have too.
1: Yes, for sure. So if you go to my website, sandraifrancisco.com, right on the main page, you will see that there's a course for people that are starting business, whether it's part-time or full-time. So you can click right there, access your free six-week course, as well as I would love to offer your listeners, if there's an entrepreneur out there that's aspiring or a new entrepreneur that wants some mentorship and some help I do offer a 30-minute strategy session no strings attached it is my purpose to help people that are starting and you can go to strategywithsandra.com and I would love to help you and to bring you know
0: beautiful businesses
1: into this world
0: this is the big little business show the podcast with bigger tips for small business
3: so there was a lot of information there about how we can start a business and it just actually I think highlights you know how much there is to it, um, but also as well the importance of, it goes back to Chad Bourquin Quinn actually, doesn't it, um, having a passion and a, and a desire to do the business and how important that is to enjoy it.
2: It's easy to forget, because you and I have had businesses for a little while now, it's easy to forget what it was like right at the very beginning especially when you think this year there are a lot of people who might as I said earlier on have a change in circumstances and they might be thinking about starting a business but really just got no idea where to start so um, yeah Sandra came out with some really killer information there uh, and I hope that it's uh, inspired people to maybe take the first step.
3: Yeah and to have that confidence to do so because you know we, we don't have a set of instructions posted to us when we decide to set up a business it's about learning and feeling you know reassured and confident that the action that you're taking are actually going to be the right ones Um, when I started my business I didn't actually set up a business, It evolved and it just happened. <laughs> so um, I think it would have been uh, great to have had yeah, some support in the early days, just like what Sandra talked about.
2: Same with me in many ways. Mine kind of evolved a little bit too. People started asking me to make videos for them and hey-ho, suddenly we've got a business. But if you're doing it the other way and you think you need to start from scratch and you haven't actually done anything yet... Then, uh, oh, I can imagine that being quite daunting.
3: Yeah, I okay, because I never really had that. I'm going to set up a business, and what shall I do? I never really had that, but um, it's it's going to be fearful. It's going to be frightening, isn't it? In some ways, because you have never done it before.
2: Well, I hope Sandra's managed to help, and we've managed to help, and we've given you sp- some inspiration. And in fact, if you're listening to this right now, and you you're starting to make plans to start your very own business, let us know. We'd like to know uh, what you've learned from today's show and uh, where you're going to go next. Be exciting to hear some new businesses that have started up as a result of listening to us. That would be so good, wouldn't it?
3: Oh, it'd be great to hear. I'd love to hear that. Yeah.
2: It's like our children.
3: Oh, I feel proud. (laughs) I don't even know who I'm feeling proud about.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We always like to finish off the show by giving a little bit of encouragement to a business that's already up and running and maybe from someone who's been listening to the show or has linked up with us on LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram or all the other places that they can find us. Uh, So this week, who are we shouting about?
3: So I'd like to give a shout out to... Pembe Tevfik Bray
2: that was really good I, th- <laughs> I think you've kind of nailed it I hope you have anyway so where can we find Pembe I want to look her up
3: OK, so uh, you can find uh, Pembe on Facebook. Um, and the reason why I wanted to give Pembe a shout-out is because uh, Pembe has uh, commented on one of our posts on social media and Pembe runs the... Um, or helps organise the Brentwood Virtual Market.
2: Oh, yes, I remember her now. Remember? Pembe, yes. Oh, this is a fantastic idea.
3: Mm, isn't it just? Yeah, so... Um, and I also thought that, uh, to be honest, too. Not just saying it, but I did just think that was a good idea as well. Having a virtual market, so it 's still allowing business owners to uh, promote you know their businesses and keep themselves out there in the forefront of people 's minds, but of course, in a virtual sense as we can 't do it in a physical sense here in the u k at the moment
2: yeah, a great idea just have like a a place where all these little businesses can come together, and I would imagine if you 're the sort of business who operates off of a, a, a local market of some kind, you might not have an online offering. So, mm-hmm. uh, for someone to be able to give you that platform, it's such a that's a great idea, such a genius idea, Pembe, for a business. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this one uh, flies, and then suddenly um, she's creating little um, markets, virtual markets in other territories as well.
3: Yeah, I think it might be one of those none of these situations actually, where uh, there's been talk about the new ways that we're working and some of them are here to stay I think this could
2: be one of those oh yeah kudos to Pembe brilliant idea love that uh, so that kind of wraps it up for this week thank you very much for our, to our guest Sandra some really insightful stuff if you go onto our website which is biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk you'll be able to find a page all about her all about the episode with all the links so you can go and get in touch with her too and don't forget whichever platform you're listening to us on right now to hit that subscribe button so you get future episodes directly into your phone and leave us a review too because it helps to big us up in podcast land and that's it we're all done and out of here say goodbye
0: Claire bye bye you've been listening to the Big Little Business Show with Paul Mumford and Claire Horsley you can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes Spotify TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too just search for Big Little Business Show The Big Little Business Show is a PM2 Media and Excel networking production.